Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Daily Objective. And we have a lot to talk about today. Now, our uh, Greek host has uh, he's said a lot of wise things. And one of the things he said is that if there was ever a time to be canceled, this will probably be it. We're going to talk <laughs> about a very sensitive subject. And uh, the world is increasingly sensitive. And maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Let's find out. Please welcome a man who is actually, he's not only uh, a Greek philosopher, but he's actually in Greece at the very moment, on lockdown, like who? Like Socrates. Nikos <laughs> Sotarikapoulos. That was a great introduction. So, yes, today we're touching upon a sensitive topic. We're touching upon the issue of the transgender movement, but we're not touching it upon to create a steer or whatever. We try to understand it. That's our daily objective, so to speak. So as you, as you said, Raka, the other day, the, the first way one should approach social movements is, so instead of saying the X, like the civil rights movements, say the movement about individual rights of a black population. So today I would say, I would approach the transgender movement as the movement for individual rights of transgender people. And what does that mean? This would mean, for example, the right not to live in fear, not to be the subject of a, physical violence or of threats, right? So obviously we would be on board and this is an issue of justice. However, this is not where the story stops. And the transgender movement has been at the center of the culture wars. And I see it this way because it's a relatively new movement. In every big war, you have this new technology that kind of puts a mark on that war. And I think what we see in the transgender culture wars, we see some things that have been around in the culture in the last years now being tested, let's say, in action. Now, I will read you a, a tweet that made the news today. It's from the website Pink News. So the tweet goes as forward. UK's biggest cervical cancer charity shuts down disgustingly transphobic lie that, quote, only females get cervical cancer. And at the center of controversies around the transgender movement is this issue of is there such thing as a man and is there such a thing as a woman? And a lot of people say that today to say, for example, that only a man can have a penis or that only a woman can have a period is the equivalent of saying two plus two equals four. Where do you stand in all that? Well, um, there is a division of labor in the realm of the intellect. So we need biologists to answer a certain set of questions. We need philosophers to answer certain fundamental questions. And I suppose people in the humanities can sort of pick apart how people, you know, how to apply ethics to the realm of, you know, uh, of how to treat people that have a certain identity request or something like that. And, or like what, it, or the struggle of growing up feeling like you're the, uh, the other gender. Let's say you're a boy growing up, feel, always feeling like a woman. That's something for the humanities to express. And perhaps we can, in our most benevolent way, learn to live alongside one another and understand uh, this very interesting topic, both by introspection as well as by interviewing people. But what's happening is that this 
it's like every different ish, every different uh, department is just being blended together. So the biologists are being told, no, no, no. If you say that there is a existential metaphysical difference between male and female, you are denying the, you know, how this per this trans person feels that they are and what they how they see themselves. And that's the equivalent of of, um, you know, persecuting somebody for their skin color. And it gets more complicated with politics because in politics as well, what was a what is a legitimate issue of not wanting the state to be racist. This is a legitimate uh, cause to take. That was blended with the rejection of co of property rights to the point where now, whenever you fire somebody, you better make sure it's not because of their race. You've got to make sure that the optics don't look that way. So. Now it's going to get way more complicated. Now a biologist needs to worry about what his studies say, and a doctor can't, you know, won't be able to ask, um, won't be able to ask uh, the patient what gender they are or what actual objectively what 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 sex they are. Um, it, what else do we have? Um, the military, of course, it's going to get very complicated. Competitive sports, sports, sports. Yeah. and again, if if it was left up. If it was left alone to the market, then yeah, let these businesses do what they want. And if and if they cave into the to social pressure, let them lose it all. I mean, it's their decision. But but it gets more complicated when these sports companies need to worry about anti discrimination laws getting involved. And I think the ultimate culmination, the ultimate out, uh, horrific outcome, is going to be, or maybe already is, big. Men with a history of violent crime, maybe of rape, being admitted into a women's prison. I mean, what can be more detrimental to women than that? But hey, what do you mean women? What, what, what does women mean to you? What are you saying? That women are, a, are, are not the same thing as a big man who claims to be a woman? I mean, it's just, it's going to be very complicated. And I mean, if ever, you know... I, I'm thinking about like Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged every day because her projections were 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 tame compared to what society actually did. She was she was kind of projecting the future based on what philosophers were saying during her time. But the postmoderns were yet to emerge. And um, I, I think I don't think Ayn Rand could have uh, sold her novel if she projected the society we're actually seeing. It's, it's more like uh, like an Aldous Huxley blending of Brave New World with streams of consciousness. Like It's like uh, Brave New World on LSD to see what we're actually seeing in front of us. And again, this is why philosophy is important. And no disagreement here. And when I said that a lot of things blend together and you hinted at it, one of the things is our... In a, not inability, our unwillingness to pass judgment. So, for example, as you said, let's say a rapist who has a penis or whatever it identifies, but identifies as a woman, is in a women's prison. Is that good or bad? Oh, who am I to say? Our tendency of having language being divorced from reality. So, for example, if you don't want to use the pronouns, you deny my existence or you don't want me to, you know, you, you want me eliminated or whatever. Our inability to use, the, not inability, our unwillingness to use definitions. But before we go to, this pro, to these issues, I will give you, let's say the postmodernist empowering view, which I've also heard it among some libertarians. I think I've heard Tadeusz Russell kind of hinting at it. And it goes this way. 
So Judith Butler says, for example, that by performing not the gender that you get uh, in, in, uh, in a box by society, but the, what you feel, it's an action of liberation. Or to put it maybe in objectivist term, it's an act of fair-handedness. That I don't feel like that. I feel as something else. Something very deep inside me urges me and pushes me to be something else. Therefore, it's me against the world but I will take it to the end because that's what my consciousness, my judgment, my body, my emotions tell me what it is. So could we say that this is something empowering because there is an empowering element on it? If I understand your question, yeah. I mean, I, there is a, there's, there's almost always a kernel of, of legitimacy, a kernel of truth in, in, in almost any movement, maybe in every movement. I mean, even when the Cambodians were slaughtering a third of their population, equality as such is a valid concept. The equality is something to strive for in politics, but we need to ident uh, define what do we mean by equality? Equality before the law or, you know, outcome equality. So here again, there is such a thing as a person struggling with their identity or um, a person or in, in a free society, there is, there is uh, evidently going to be some people who choose to live as not the gender they were, quote, assigned at birth. And they have every right to do so. And I think uh, decent, rational people ought to maybe respect that. They don't, we don't need to rub in their face, no, no, you're a man. But, but, those, but those people also need to, um, the people who, are, uh, who make that transition need to also understand, if I go to prison, um, maybe women are not going to want a biological male in the same prison as them. But in the age of postmodernism, it's impossible to even get that far because the postmodernists, just like uh, certain elements of the civil rights movement that were hostile to capital capitalism and hostile to property rights, they hijacked the cause of anti-racism and made it about regulating business. Here too, I mean, this goes just beyond regulating business. Private citizens are going to be a shunned and outcast from society for even protesting, like for even voicing opposition to a child being put on certain hormones or something like that, to a child transitioning, even just saying, wait, wait, hold on. Is this a good idea? Now you're, you're a Nazi for even saying that. So of course there, there is a, there, there's, there is such a thing as a person transitioning and there is a rational way to deal with that. And negativity is, is not necessary. Then Hostility is not necessary, but we need uh, clear definitions. We need um, maturity and rationality. And it's definitely not what we're seeing in the world today. Well, Douglas Murray says something very important in his book, The Madness of Crowd. He says, all these issues are so difficult to even understand on a scientific level. So the jury is still out. We don't really understand these processes. So the fact that we say now this is outside of discussion is distracting, first of all, for people who do actually struggle with their body and their identity in terms of, in, in terms of having this uh, struggle within them, right? So by, the, by saying, no, 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 everything goes. No, we don't even, we're not even allowed to discuss it. Let's not fool ourselves that we're doing any service to these people. Actually, we're, 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 promoting an agenda that is, might end up harming these people. But let me give you one more objection that I have in this idea of empowerment. So we are told, for example, that 
you know, by using the pronouns and all that stuff, it's an act of recognition and of empowerment. I think it's not. Because if I say, I expect the world, not to, actually not I expect, I will force the world by using the power of law to change their views and see me as I want to be seen, this is, I'm being bamboozled if I'm told that this is empowering. Because, for example, compare this to Rourke. Rourke doesn't want to be recognized as a good architect. He, wa he just wants to live his life. He doesn't care about how other people see him. Now, as we said in the very beginning, if how people see you is to bully you, to th threaten you with physical force or to make your life unbearable, then yes, you have a right. But in terms of forcing people to, to basically say things that they don't believe, many people don't believe that you can be a man and have a period. Forcing them to say so is not empowering. It's the opposite of empowering. You are disempowered, basically, because you are saying, I need the world to change. Not to change in terms of I'll change the physical matter. I want to force the world to change to see the world through my lenses. And this, is, this cannot be good. And this cannot be something. It's actually the exact opposite from empowering. And you cannot be empowered. No one can empower you. You can gain power uh, yourself. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of... Um... There's a lot happening there. There's certainly a narcissistic element to just demanding that the world, you know, call you something. And, and it doesn't, it's not limited to male versus female. That's, there's, there are trans people, there are transgender people that are, that are the target of cancellation, that are the target of, of, um, you know, um, <laughs> hostility by other by people who identify as non-binary. So the non-binary people say, why are you even differentiating male or female as though those are the two options? There's a, many other options. So how, like, so you're part of the problem as a trans woman for only, for being so black and white about it. So, yeah, I mean, wanting, I mean, demanding that the world treat you a certain way is not a first-handed way to live, um, of course. But as you're describing all of this, I'm thinking, you, the the only way to beat a, a bad philosophy is with another philosophy. And we're seeing people um, kind of re retort with just sort of plain common sense, you know, like, hey, come on, man. Like, you know, the, a man is a is a is a is a man and a woman is a woman. And yes, that's all true. But common sense needs a corollary philosophy. And what we're probably going to see is that the sort of. Um, the sort of uh, retort, the sort of uh, reaction to what we're seeing today, the reaction is going to be something that's either very religious, saying, you know, nope, God made you a man or God made you a woman, end of story. Or it's going to be some type of fascist statism where, no, listen, this is what you are, and society says you're a man or society says you're a woman. So it's going to be another type of sort of collectivism or subjectivism of the leader or of God or of the collective, whatever that means. It's we need we need to agitate for the fundamentals. We need to uh, advocate objectivism and and the most fundamental branches of philosophy, or else we're not going to get uh, something much better than what we're seeing today. It's it's going to be another form of um, of sort of uh, oppression of some type or yeah, uh, I, I, the alienation of the individual. 
Go. I yeah. share this uh, prediction more and more every day. I think that uh, we're going to see a new kind of, 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 of a right-wing kind of reaction, which is going to be way more serious than Trump. Serious also as kind of in how it's going to present itself, but also serious as like a threat. But anyway, let's keep one more thing I want to discuss on the topic. And this is the issue of definitions, because I think here's a, they, that's a problem here. When somebody tells me, a man can have a period. I'm like, okay, can you define me what a man is? And the answer, anyone who self-identifies as a man is not a definition. It's, it's circular. Okay, so my problem here is that by this way, language is weaponized. And language is losing its male, let's say, epistemological kind of usefulness to put a label in a concept that we have created so I, i'm not gonna i don't want to go too deep into objectivist kind of uh, terminology but Rand says a definition is a statement that identified the nature of the units subsumed under a concept so if under the concept man i have both let's say someone with the penis x hormones chromosomes whatever and someone else then suddenly this concept is not really helpful to me. And, also, and she says, the purpose of a definition is to distinguish a concept from all other concepts, and thus to keep its units, so let's say Raka, Nikos, Razi, whatever, differentiated from all other existence. Now, what we see with the terminology around the transgender movement is basically an elimination of the use of language. And the thing is, we have the concept. We have the concept, transgender man, transgender women. Why do we want to create this concept salad? And I don't want to psychologize, but I will. And actually, it's not even psychologizing. The result of this will be language being weaponized as a tool of power. The other day, I said the same with diversity. If I have power over you, Raka, on what the language is not based on an objective definition of concepts, but on what has this been decided in the last five minutes, I have power over you. I can rule you in some way. Okay. I can, I can, I can not rule you maybe in terms of the force of guns, but I can have power in the way that the leftists use the term, which we might say it's, but we, we understand what it means. This gives you the legitimacy to say, you know, Raga, you're a bad person. You should be cancelled. Of course, you know, people should not go with it. So luckily, up to this point, I haven't got guns on my side. But wait a minute. Maybe I do. People in the UK have been uh, arrested, have, have had the police knocking on their doors for tweets where they quote misgender people. So we need definitions. Absolutely. I mean, and in order to use concepts, we need to understand what concepts are. This is where... Plato's problem of universals needs to be addressed and Ayn Rand does so. And it is important. This is not an academic exercise. Imagine, uh, it, you know, imagine the U.S. Declaration of Independence uh, being written at a time when nobody agrees on what words even mean. Or imagine, you know, the the postmodernists today, the the agents of, uh, you know, of, quote, equality, they love to compare themselves to abolitionists and to anti-Nazis. Imagine a, trying to uh, you know, argue for a the abolition of slavery when no one agrees on what any words mean, any word means, or when anything could be flipped around on you. 
oh, all men are created equal. What does man even mean? And oh, slavery? I will slavery. Oh, that's a word. I don't, you know, like it would be impossible. And the Nazis were very much the outcome of the um, rejection of objective reality and of the turning to the sort of group consciousness. And Hitler was, you know, communing with the with the Aryan nation and all these things. So we've <laughs> the people who keep calling people Nazis today are themselves behaving like Nazis in the most fundamental way. But this needs to be identified. And it's not going to be enough to just uh, call them childish and to say, oh, they're demanding to be treated a certain way and they're and they're spoiled and narcissistic. Even if all that is true, they, they did all go to school or they are influenced by someone who went to school and was taught these things explicitly in the humanities or in the philosophy department. And that's the battle. That's where this needs to be. Um, that's where this need, the battle needs to be waged. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's an important thing. You read a book like How Do We Know by Harry Binswager on Introduction to Objectivist Epistemology. And people say, oh, that's abstract philosophy. No. This explains the thing that you're going to see on Twitter and the thing you're going to see tonight or tomorrow at the news. Speaking about tomorrow, we have a guest in our show. It's a person who has been a mentor of mine back in the days of the University of Kent, but also after that. Uh, Professor Frank Furedi, he has a new book uh, on borders and boundaries. And we're going to, I don't know if Frank is around, I'm going to be on the show and I'm going to discuss it. I'm going to discuss it with him. So hopefully our audience will enjoy tomorrow's episode as much as hopefully they enjoyed today. So from Raqqa, oh, by the way, how much do, would you bet? I would bet 10 pounds that we're not going to get canceled for today's episode. I think we were good. I mean, getting canceled is sort of like a double-edged sword. Like if you're on people's radar enough to get canceled, then there's a good chance of having a career opportunity to write a book and to be a public speaker and all these things. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But by the way, if you like today's show and tomorrow's show, you're, you're going to love Friday. It's going to be me and Gloria talking to Johan Norberg. And he sounds Scandinavian. So, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's exotic and smart. Probably not, not high on the cancel probability list. So <laughs> anyway, thanks, Raga. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye.